And I'll start by reading Malachi 3.16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. The word of the Lord. So the other night, Wednesday, Bob Muncy read this verse. And I just now read the entire book in context. And what Bob said the other night was that the same people who grumbled against the Lord and spoke harsh things against the Lord were later the ones who spoke together about how to honor the Lord. And I wondered, were the people who spoke about honoring God's name in verse 316, were they really the same ones who the whole rest of the book is rebuking for all of their various sins? Or were they maybe a righteous minority who were grieved by the sins of their generation? Were they really the same ones? So curious, I looked up John Calvin's commentary, and I immediately see him point out a detail right there in Malachi that I had missed, and it's the word, then. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other. Calvin interprets this word then to mean... In response to Malachi's rebuke, they gathered together and talked about how do we honor God's name. Malachi was sent with a message from God to a people who were in sin, and some people actually took heed and changed, and he draws the following encouraging, hope-filled applications. Calvin says, We are by nature slothful and tardy, Until God, as it were, plucks our ears, there is therefore need of warnings and stimulants. How awesome is that? I hear Calvin saying to us spiritual shepherds, Hey man, take heart. Our work is essential. It's essential because of human nature. We are by nature slothful and tardy. Right? It's so normal for people to see their kids or themselves or others and be like, oh my word, why do we stink so bad? And rue that, just, oh, bemoan that. And Calvin says, no, that's just human nature. Don't be surprised or discouraged by it. We need, we need God to convict us and to illuminate us and to inspire us. We are by nature slothful and tardy until God, as it were, plucks our ears. There is therefore need of warnings and stimulants. This is our work. This is what he would say to shepherds. This is our work, and this is why our work is essential. Human nature makes our work essential. And God's nature makes our work hopeful because it's a supernatural awakening, a convicting, an illuminating by the Holy Spirit that makes our work possible, makes it effective. It's essential given human nature, but it's hopeful because of the divine nature. Then Calvin goes on to make some observations about percentages or proportions. And I take him to be doing this so that we don't get discouraged. Here's what he says. Not all were moved by the prophet's exhortations. The greater part no doubt securely went on in their vices and even openly derided the prophet's teaching. Let's not wonder that the word of God is despised at this day by the people in general, in other words, by the majority of people. 
for it's given but to a few to obey God's word. And the conversion of the heart is the peculiar gift of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, there's no reason for pious teachers to despond. In other words, if you love God but and you're a teacher of the word and you're seeing that the majority of people don't respond, don't give way to despair, even though just a few, let me keep reading from him, rather let them be content when the Lord blesses their labor and renders it profitable and fruitful to some, however small a number they may be. He's saying God will make your word bear fruit in a, in a kind of a remnant. And, and this is what you should expect. And if it works this way for you, like it worked that way for Malachi and like it worked that way in Jesus's day, instead of being like, oh, this is terrible. I wanted the whole city alight. You know, of course you do. But he's asking the preacher to refine our expectations and stay encouraged. When I began as a preacher, I was often stumbled by my spiritual perception of what I sensed happening in the room. I think it's human nature to notice the negative and fixate on the negative. So Jesus, I think, saw me doing this and one day said, you're preaching to the wrong people. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, you're speaking to the entire room. And I was like, well, how did you do it? And he said, I focused on the 15% who have ears to hear. And I thought about it for a minute and just kind of went through my, my mind's file folder of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I was envisioning how he went from town to town and he would feed everybody, heal everybody. He would, he would in some ways, he would give general messages to everybody, but he would focus most of his energy and attention on the gathered few who were like ready to leave everything and be his disciples. And it doesn't mean he despised everyone else. No, no, no. His door was wide open to them, but he focused his energies and poured himself into those with ears to hear. And Jesus was essentially saying to me, as long as you focus on who doesn't have ears to hear, you're going to stay discouraged as a preacher and a pastor. You need to learn to do it the way I did it. Speak to the whole group, but focus in on and pour yourself into those who have ears to hear. So as a, a speaker... Find the smiling faces, the shining faces, the hungry hearts in the room. And if you have discernment, you'll find them pretty qu- pretty quickly and pretty easily. And preach your heart out to them. Take them as deep as you can possibly go. Think about fire for a second. If you have a billows and you're blowing billows on unlit coals, no amount of effort and sweat is going to do a thing. But if you have some coals that have any kind of ember left in them, and you put a billows on them, they're going to start to burn brightly. And if you place the right material next to them, ready paper next to them, kindling next to them, it'll light. Okay, Calvin says a few more encouraging things. One of the things he says is the reason that the prophet was sort of sent back again to give one more word to those who had gathered together and discussed was it was God's sort of kiss. It was God's grace to give them news of, hey, by the way, your names have been written in the scroll. It, it was meant to assure them of God's forgiveness, that their feeble efforts to return to the Lord are not in vain, that God has accepted them. Because when we know we've messed up and we're grieved by our sin and we seek to change, it's, it's a fragile emotional state where the tempter who led us into sin can now switch hats to the accuser who tempts us into discouragement. 
But this little word of absolution, of forgiveness, God's heard, God's saw, God's written your names, you are in, you're not out. That is a balm to that wound. So thank you, John Calvin. I appreciate your help in interpreting this passage. And without your help, maybe I would have missed that little word, then. Some encouraging thoughts on Malachi 3.16. Have a good day.